Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. A little different today, so buckle your seatbelts. Raw and real. Hey guys, today we are talking about a really awesome topic. God has a unique plan for your family. So we're going to share some aspects of our path, not so that you replicate our path. Not at all. But so it's encouraging, maybe an inspiration, and maybe some natural assumptions that you might think about us. Mm -hmm. Uh, You'll find out something different, actually. Because the natural assumptions usually aren't true about us, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to share with you guys how God designed our family, um, which has been a journey over the last almost 21 years. We are going to celebrate our 21st wedding anniversary in just a few months. It's been an amazing journey. I know. We're just getting going. (laughs) That's right. And we're also going to give you guys three steps or key essential elements to... um, Allowing God to lead you in the design of your unique journey. This is such an important and powerful topic because oftentimes we can start to play the comparison game. I know you talk taught a lot about that in a course, actually. Oh, the comparison yeah. Trap. Yeah. So the biblical friendship course is called the Christian Woman's Guide to Biblical Friendships. Yeah. Um, you can find out about that at courageousparenting.com in the podcast show notes, which we have every week. Um, but yeah, there's a couple chapters. But so what, on that. What, what that is, is you get caught up in this comparison game mm-hmm. and we start striving to be like others or we get extra judgy about ways we don't want to be that other people are going down, even if they're good biblical things. And we talked a little bit briefly about this in the last podcast when we were talking about, um, you know, taking few opinions, but make sure you take the right few was the title of the last podcast. And it was actually the last two podcasts. And we talk about the danger that people often make the mistake of stereotyping people. And then when they stereotype people, it justifies their reasoning behind not wanting to listen to their advice or listen to anything they put out there. Right. And so, um, I'm just speaking from personal experience, you guys. This is just raw and real, right? Like I have struggled with that myself in the past. Sure. For example, when I was not wanting to homeschool, mm-hmm. so the first five years of parenting, I did not want to homeschool at all. Yeah. And I've shared I share more about that in the homeschool blueprint. We have other stuff. episodes yeah. on that. But um I didn't really I, I didn't really want to be friends with other people that homeschooled and I didn't really want to take their advice on parenting because I didn't want to do that actually. And so, um, or you can get, Oh, well, I'm going to be, my kids are going to be the salt of the earth around other kids and socialize. I mean, everybody has their thing. Right. And then they just start to justify their 
opinion. So this is human nature. We shouldn't do that to each other. And yeah, we shouldn't do that to each other. And we also shouldn't stereotype one another because we can actually, what what all this does is it creates division among the body of Christ. Which is what the enemy wants. It's exactly what the enemy wants. And it grieves the Father's heart. It grieves God's heart. And we... We don't want that. We don't want yeah. to be a part of that. We don't want the, to allow the enemy to use us in his schemes. Because there's, right? no, there's nothing in the Bible that says you have to homeschool. There's nothing in the Bible that says you need to put them in public school. So let's not get extra biblical about things. Mm-hmm. Let's read the Bible and let's love each other. And let's care mm-hmm. about the things that really do matter. Uh, yeah, in the Bible, that's right. Like we love so Jesus. Regardless as Lord. of your lifestyle choices, yeah. we can all be the part of the body of Christ, right? Like, so we do homeschool yeah. and we have some very strong opinions about why we chose it's to do been that. It's super fruitful for us. Yeah. And if you guys are interested in learning more about that, you can go find that podcast. But that's just one but, of the subjects. But... Right, right, right. I'm just using it as an example today. But the reality is, is that we have an enemy. And he is out roaming, roaring around like he's a roaring lion looking to see who he can devour. And one of the ways he likes to devour women, especially, I mean, I don't know, guys probably struggle with this too, is the comparison trap. He wants to ensnare us in the bondage of the comparison trap. And he does it in so many subtle and not so subtle ways. And so we have to be on alert Mm -hmm. and aware for that. We have to be honest about our heart issues. Right, if we struggle with jealousy or maybe judging or yeah. stereotyping, and we literally need to take those thoughts captive under the obedience of Christ and toss them out. And so we thought it would be interesting and yeah. fun because yeah. we have experienced a lot of. Um, I mean, honestly, you guys, we have eight kids, so there's ten of us in our family. And yeah. even when we had six, we were kind of labeled a big family. There were eight of us. Well, yeah. So, Ange, what? everybody thinks that's a big family. I, yeah, I know. And so <laughs> <That's> six. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> so anyway, I the reality is is we have experienced people stereotyping us for different things. Even when you were an entrepreneur. Yeah. Right? Like trying to get along with guys who were not entrepreneurs. Sure. There could have been stereotypes going both ways, right? Right. In our immaturity and their was a immaturity. Immature back then, yeah. yeah. And so the, the, this is the thing. We're just being honest about the things that we have struggled with. That's why we're able to label them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we're able to label them. And we wanted to share our real story with you guys because some of you may not have heard it. So here's we'll start with some assumptions and then we're going to okay. go into the truth and start early on and walk to, to the present day and do it in a quick fashion. We're going to try to make it quick. Okay, so yeah. uh, assumption is perhaps that we came from big families. That's why we desire big families. And there was a culture already set to do that. And we already mm-hmm. saw it, the way it was done. So it was easier for us. People assume that. And Isaac, how many uh, siblings did you have? I have a, a brother and sister. I mainly grew up with my sister uh, and not so much my brother. But um, yeah, and she was gone a lot. So I kind of... Wait, but you also have another half-brother, Abel. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. and he's the same age as Kelsey. But yeah. So you definitely didn't grow up with him because he was born a year after Kelsey was born. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyways, um, and so yeah, not a big family. And um, early on, you know, uh, some periods of time uh, mm-hmm. somewhat broken mm-hmm. and somewhat complete. At different times, mm-hmm. so without going into all that, but but yeah, definitely didn't have that background, and definitely didn't grow up a Christian, a believer, 
That's another assumption sometimes people Yeah, make. another assumption is that, that people think since we teach biblical parenting that we must have been raised in biblical parenting and we knew all this stuff when we first had our first kid and we've just been... Is that I started, true? Is that I, true, Isaac? I started reading the Bible at age 23, so... <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. I was raised in a Christian home. Just to answer that question, if some of you were wondering, yeah. I think if you've been listening to our podcast for any amount of time, you probably gathered that. Um, so I grew up in a, a Christian home and grew up going to church every Sunday, um, being very active in the church. My parents led worship. My mom worked for the church, still does. You were so spiritual. You were never going to have a husband. Oh, my goodness. So he, okay, there is a truth to it's not about I'm being not spiritual. Joking. I'm not joking. I know it's you're real. not joking. It's real, but it wasn't about being like spiritual. Yeah. It was, it, well, okay. So I thought that God was calling me to celibacy and to be a missionary yeah, overseas. That's honorable. Super honorable. And um, I, yeah. And so then when I met Isaac, I didn't want anything to do with him. <laughs> not in a romantic kind of way. Yeah. She just wanted a witness to me. So just. <laughs> True story. Send them to God and leave them alone. That's right. And so um, that's a whole nother story that we're not, we're, not, we're all over the place. <laughs> it's kind of fun though. It is kind of fun. But she said she that we would never be together. And I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to get married. <laughs> okay. Now they're all wondering what our, we'll our tell marriage that another, story is. That'll story. be a marriage podcast. Okay. Yeah. So what's another assumption, Isaac, that uh, we were homeschooled because here we have homeschooled all the way from kindergarten through high school a couple kids now have no, some kids in college i really had these weird thoughts about the homeschool world of just everything was weird about it <laughs> <laughs> i did too but then i was more for it than against it because we tried putting our kid in preschool and that wasn't that was she ad- did great but i was frustrated I was with the adamantly opposed to it <laughs> <laughs> he was he was adamantly opposed to homeschooling, that is true. I remember walking into our first, the first homeschool conference that we went to, somewhere in Beaverton or something, uh, and we walk in, and Isaac goes, "Okay, we're walking back out. Come here." And he's like, "Okay, listen, we're not conformers. We're not gonna conform. I married you the way you look and the way you are. We are not conforming." <laughs> you mean changing the way you dress, my and- appearance, and all the things, yeah. right? And so um, we were young, you guys, and judgy. We were judgy, yeah. Yeah. And we were stereotyping other people, which is why we're talking about this, right? And so it's important that you guys hear that these are the mistakes that we even made. And and, um, God had a... He had to get a hold of our hearts. We didn't make any decisions without being in alignment. So yeah. that's one of our tips. You know, as you're making lifestyle choices and decisions as husband and wife. Another assumption people might have is, wow, you guys are so lucky of all this time just to study the Bible and you get paid just to teach the Bible to us, you know? And uh, that's just not that's the case. That's just not the case. Um, we have spent a lot of time studying the Bible. Yeah. And having virtual mentors. It's at very strange times, mentors. though. It's like late at night, early morning. You guys, it's always at a sacrifice yeah. because we don't want to sacrifice our family. So what we do is we sacrifice our sleep. <laughs> 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 true, true. And we also love, okay, something that's unique about Isaac and Angie is we actually really love on our date nights talking about and dreaming about and visioneering about ministry and what we're going to create for you guys and, and, and talking about theology and we love that 
Oh my goodness. We love talking about theology and discussing it and researching and challenging each other. It's really fun. Yeah. And so that's just kind of how we're wired. And I still again, have so much to learn, by the way, in the Bible. Oh, same here. Okay, we're going through revelations right now, and I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay. That's not, uh, I, I'm, I'm teaching that, right? <laughs> You're doing a great job. <laughs> I was reading ahead. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay, so anyways. Okay. Um, right. I, I just want to encourage you guys, though, because it would be easy for you to potentially stereotype us as the type that, like, or to maybe look at us and when you're talking about how we love to do this on date nights and you're like, well, I don't, I don't love to do that on date nights. I just want to veg out. And you know what? Can I That's just say okay. it's okay. We're all different. You beat me to the punchline. It's okay. We're all different. <laughs> God has a unique plan we, for your marriage yeah, and your family. And you know what? We should probably just veg out more often. <laughs> we should learn from you. We joke about how we're we're we need the fun friends. Remember, we actually had friends when we were first well, married, and we friends. were like, "Oh, they're the fun friends, and they're the theology friends." The- <laughs> no names. <laughs> no names. We're not doing that. But um, you guys, the reality is, is that we're probably a lot more down to earth than you probably thought we were. But we do. There are some things that we like. They're a little odd. Like we like visioneering on our date nights a yeah. lot. I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, Also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, It's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. That's part of us. Another assumption people might have is that uh, your pregnancies were really easy. I mean, you must just have the best pregnancies having all these kids. And you also must have a lot of family close by because, you know, to get help. Because I was working 60, 80, sometimes 100 hours a week in the early Mm -hmm. days. And so um, you must have just tons of help. Yeah, both of those were false assumptions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, definitely. So... 
it's different now. Obviously, we live we don't live close to family at all right yeah. now. There was a time where we lived closer to my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the when the older kids were really little, my dad was working a lot, but my mom was around, and she would help. But she also worked a full time job. She was busy, yeah. so she was very busy, and was very busy serving in her church as well. And so, not quite what you would suspect, right? Yeah. Um, and so. The reality is, is that I momed kind of like a, I mean. It was a boot camp. It was a lot of work. And I was alone as a mom in the sense of Isaac would go to work sometimes at five in the morning, six in the morning, the early years, the early first six, seven years. Mm. Um, And then, I mean, there were some seasons like postpartum and things like that where you were able to help. I would say it was front loaded. So I worked way too much in the first year, way too much in the second year. And then it it went down a little bit, but it was still too much. And then and then there was a point where it went down more, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, and a lot more. And then you know it was very normalized. And I learned a lot of lessons. Right. And then yeah. when we were building the business, you were back to working crazy hours with the publishing company. Yeah. And so that that was intense because we had six kids at the time. That's not that long ago. And yeah. yeah, that was five years ago. And you were, I mean, you were working like eighty to a hundred hours a week again for yeah. a few years. And Trying so to save the company up. Yep. There was a there. So it's been up and down. Our story's been up and down as far as like how many, yeah. how much you've been working. Again, also when the business went under, you were working like crazy to get us out of to debt provide. and to provide and from scratch. So. Um, we were both working differently because I was also working with you along with doing the other stuff I was already doing. So we both have worked hard. So when we first got married, so now we'll go a little timeline-ish. When we first got married, I had this silent thought of having two kids eventually. But it wasn't because I necessarily just loved the idea of having kids. It was like, it was, it was like the American dream. You know, you have two kids. So you, funny you that you actually house. had an American dream. That's yeah. hilarious. No, I wrote about it. I have a journal from when I was a kid. You do? And, and, yeah. I want to see and it. And it's like, I'm going to be a business owner. Do you still have this? Yeah. I'm going to be a business owner. I'm going to be married. I'm going to have two kids. You guys, I haven't seen this journal. I want to see this journal. That's really funny. Yeah. So that was the extent of Okay. The, you want to know depth, my... Okay. My you want to... Do you guys... Oh, Okay. In junior high, or maybe even younger, there was this game called MASH. Did mm. you ever play MASH? No. No, that was a girl thing. We did this at like, sleepovers. I don't even know what you're talking about. Anyway, if you're a girl, you know what I'm talking about. Mansion, apartment, shack, or house. And then you go around and you do this like counting thing, and you figure out who you're going to marry and how many kids you're going to have and what kind of car you're going to have. He's looking at me like this is Let's crazy. Move on. Anyway, I thought when I was a little girl that I would have a family and have kids yeah and but then when i got older i already shared this with you guys i when i was in um late high school and early college i thought i was gonna be a missionary overseas and so i wasn't marriage and family was not on my radar so when isaac and i met we had very differing ideas obviously well yeah because i was going well and i went through a period of time frankly before i met angie of not even believing in marriage anymore so i don't even think kids weren't in my mind either anymore even though early on they were yeah but i kind of lost faith in the any concept of marriage Mm -hmm. and it was only the beauty of angie that made me believe in marriage even before i was a believer actually yeah which is interesting 
Yeah, you guys. Okay, so I'm just going to share. This is so funny. I always tease him about this. I was actually working with Isaac. Yeah. And I came in to turn in orders. Yeah. And I walked in and he was in his office because he was the district manager running his own business. And I I walked in. We were both college students, though. I was on summer break running a business. Yeah, and I had just gotten back from living in Turkey yeah. and doing missions over yeah. there and doing missions in Mexico. And I had like six weeks to work. So I had three jobs before I went back to Canada to go to Trinity Western, right? Mm. And I come in with my orders to turn in my orders. He goes, oh, hey, Angie. Hey, I have a question for you. Comes out and he goes, do you believe in marriage? And I'm like, do I believe? Yeah, I believe in marriage. And I turn and he doesn't say anything for a minute. So then I like turn and I start walking to the order turn in room. And he go and he just kind of whispers under his breath, good, because I'm gonna marry you someday. And I'm and I like turn around really quick and he's already zipped into his office again and he's gone. And I'm like, did you did but did you? And he goes, You heard me. And I was like, No, 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 no. We're not gonna ever be together. That's for another episode. <laughs> That's for another episode. So anyways, you you guys, we had a very different idea of what our lives would look like. Yeah. And your life probably looks very different than how you thought it would look like at some point. So then we got married. So fast forward a little bit. We got married and um, we thought we'd wait two years to have a kid. And then you were pregnant four months later. (laughs) And uh, pregnancy was very difficult. Puking, puking, puking. (laughs) That's a really gentle way to put it. Yep. Puking like... 14 to 16 times a day, going and getting IVs. IV in the hospital. I'm sitting with the laptop next to you, uh, chemo, writing a speech. Chemo, anti-nausea meds. Yeah. Terrible, terrible stuff. I remember those. But so, and then we had this beautiful daughter, Kelsey. and uh, Who had health issues. Had health issues. Yeah. And then there was this period of time we thought something was wrong. Of course, okay, now, once you have your first kid, you want to have the second one because you want them to grow up grow together. Up together. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so we were trying to have another baby. And no baby, no baby, no we baby. We thought something was wrong with me. She's like, hey, man, something's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, then I ended up having an emergency appendectomy. I had a lot of gut issues. And I was pregnant during that appendectomy. Didn't know it. That's another story. Um, Austin was born, had a hole in his heart. And they and told us that we should for sure abort that pregnancy. Yeah, there, it was there was a, no way he, would, he would survive. Or if he did, he would be totally messed up. Cleft pal- I mean, there was all kinds of things they were. So we're like, of course we're having the baby. Warning. God's up, yeah. powerful. Well, and we also were like, this is God's gift to us. This is God's child and we're going to take it however he comes to us. Yeah, or she we're comes not. Us, so. We don't get to make those decisions. God, yeah. God's decision. So he was born, had a hole in his heart, and God healed him. And we can we can talk more about but that. But it was in almost three episode, years but... between him and yes. Kelsey. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. and we were trying to have kids the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was that was exciting. a stressful time, and there wasn't, um, you know, things were different back then. There wasn't really, there wasn't social media. There wasn't blogs. There wasn't. Not too much. Internet, really. I mean, there was some. We, we had internet. But, we had a computer yeah. in the but, kitchen. But it, things were different. Cell phones were even different, right? Like everything was just different then. And so there wasn't a lot of support. And I was, I remember being very alone. And, and it was a hard, hard season for sure. And you were done having kids because we had a girl and a boy. Yeah. There we go. Done. We hadn't really talked about it though. No, that's the weird part, right? <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people, here's an assumption that people think. Yeah. That boy, I don't know. They 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 think about themselves and they go, I don't think I could be patient enough to have that many kids and to homeschool them. 
they must be kid people. And really patient. You know how impatient <laughs> I was? I, I hate that I used to think these things. But I remember I trying to go somewhere and I'm like, it takes forever to buckle the kids in. <laughs> but it I can't did. believe I can't believe it did take. Why do we even try and go anywhere? I remember one time I actually timed. I can't it. wait until it was I don't have to. Thirty-two minutes just to buckle everybody anymore. up. We had five kids in car seats at one time, and, and then three I would do the, in diapers. At then one I would time. do the countdown. Okay, okay. Austin's this old, so I'll be this old age when they're all out of the house. <laughs> I used to think like that. I know, because we were we used to think more about ourselves <laughs> and our futures, and you know. Guys, and then we can travel, and then we can do all these dreams that we have. Right. Yes. Because and the reason why we were thinking that way is because there was a lot of opportunity to travel internationally with the company that you were working for. So we just did. Anyways. And we did travel, and we even took kids with us. I wasn't working Sometimes. for the company. I was running a business. Right, but, yes. Yeah. Um, but we had the opportunity to win trips internationally, and we went to many places. We went to Argentina, France, Italy, Spain, oh, I mean, Germany, Czech Republic. Every We were all over the place. Yeah. Loved Italy. Loved it. Just I mean, loved oh, Italy. the Rock of Gibraltar. Anyways, oh. anyway. So we've been all over the world, and we love traveling while together. While having all these kids and while you're sick the whole time. I would be puking on the planes. And pumping on the planes. And that was back when the pumps were not quiet. It was so embarrassing. We just tried to do it all. By the way, I remember um, my 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 dad, who I've never met, unfortunately. That's another story. But he actually played, was a starting player for the Titans. The, remember the Titans yeah. movie was depicted after. He was friends with the captains and so forth. And so we got invited to the premiere of that mm -hmm. and sit with all the real players. Mm -hmm. And uh, Petey Jones and the whole crew, and yeah. um, it was uh, it was fantastic. And the cast was there. I remember Denzel the Washington. Denzel was there. and uh, the president gave a little speech, and yep. then we were at the ESPN zone afterwards, and we were we were that was in the early days, and you Kelsey was six weeks old, and you had mastitis. I got mastitis while I was at this event. And this is a red carpet event, so Isaac's in a I tux. Remember that. I'm in think a. Of that. I mean, I knew you were going down this road. I was in this gown, and you guys, the lines in the women's bathroom at the ESPN zone were crazy. There was only two stalls, and I took one up for like 40 minutes trying to pump, and it was horrible. Here she is meeting the real Wonder Woman, and there's oh actors goodness. there and stuff. And, and, uh, Talk and, about and embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, it was just not. I had a fever of like 104. most awful case of mastitis I've ever had in my life. Anyways, but, back on track. So it, we've, we've tried to continue doing while... In receiving God's blessings, even though it's difficult. Yes, and, and it was a lot of work. But I, I will say there was there was some sacrifice. So there were many times where you would go on trips, and I no longer was coming with you. Yeah, not necessarily international ones, but within the country, that was hard for me. Mm -hmm. And there were times where I would struggle with jealousy because I loved going on those trips. I loved, I'm and I'm I'm more relational. Mm. And I like, and I hated going and, on them without you because you're I, more relational. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> but we we used to love going to these meetings because for us it was like we were on a mission, and, yeah. and we loved influencing people, encouraging people, and it was just so much fun. But it was hard to do that with kids, and so Isaac would go, often go without me. Um, oh, and we and, ended up skipping some trips too. Yeah. So you know what, guys, y you probably have assumed that 
Isaac said this, that pregnancies are easy and they're just not easy for me. I have struggled through every single one of the pregnancies to a certain degree, um, except, you know what, the last two were my easiest two. My third was also easier. So we're on two though, and I wanted to be done. Yep. And was that right? Yes, you wanted to be done. I wanted to be done. He was planning a a vasectomy. You had a weird dream. I had a weird dream that I, that I that a child was missing. Yeah. And then the next day I went to the grocery store and I had Austin in the front part of the cart and Kelsey in the big part of the cart. And, um, they were both like three, not, no, she was three. He was no, 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 no. Yeah. She was three and he was just a baby. He was like maybe eight months old. And, um, I thought that one of the kids was missing. Yeah. And I started scouring the grocery store. I don't know if you've ever lost a child before, but I thought I lost a child. And I, my heart was racing. I'm like pushing the cart, looking down every aisle, looking for my kid. And then all of a sudden it dawns on me that my two kids are actually in the cart. And I felt so dumb. And I, so I took the kids and I got in the minivan and I went back home, put him down for a nap, took a nap myself. And then Isaac came home. And that night I was like, you're not going to believe what I did today. And so I told him about what, I what I experienced at the grocery store and how I felt like somebody was missing. And then again that night I had another dream. So I had two dreams back to back where like I a child was missing at the zoo or something. I don't mm. actually remember a lot about it. But then I just because of that in my gut I felt like I don't think I'm done. Mm. It was it was how that spoke to me. I yeah. I'm not letting go of this. Isaac wants to be done and I'm like looking for the child that isn't here so what's a girl to do i know so i told him that i wasn't sure if i was done and he was done and so then i was like okay he is done but i was very i mean in hindsight i was very selfish i mean he was the reasons i wanted to be done were selfish reasons i wanted my wife back if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i wanted uh to be able to go places i wanted it to be easier to go out to restaurants i wanted to be able to just go to the movie and travel and chill travel and you know, and then I was thinking about and there's money, money, mm-hmm. the cost and mm-hmm. all, all the things and yep. the pressure. You had, a, you had a cute little BMW convertible. And if we got one more kid, we were going to have to sell it and get a different car. Remember that? Yeah. Kelsey and I used to love riding with that. Top but off. seriously, you guys, this is just how it was yeah. for us. And um, and so I was actually leading a Bible study at the time that challenged the thinking of do we have the right to determine the size of our family or, you know, what does God's word say about this? And I was struggling. And can I just say that I'm, I'm leading this little hosting this Bible study at our house. And the majority of the women that were in the Bible study were much older than me. Mm. They were like two years older to like 12 years older. Wow. A lot of their husbands had had vasectomies or they had gotten their tubes tied. They were yeah. all done having kids. And I was not. Pretty normal. Thing. And here yeah. I am bringing up what the next question is in the Bible study. And I just bawled and was like, you guys, I can't lead this. I, can't, I don't know what I believe. I need help. Will you pray for me? And and I actually asked them, to, I told them that I didn't think I was done. And I said, pray for me to give up my desire for more kids to support my husband. Because I thought that it would push him to a place that would be bad for our marriage. Super sure. selfless of you and super selfish of me. I feel terrible about it. But you know what, though? God grew both of us through it. Yeah. And then we switched places a few kids later, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah. And so I got at God Bless My Womb three weeks later. 
And I was so scared to tell Isaac I was pregnant. But I was also like at peace knowing it was totally his will because he had put this desire in my heart. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to be obedient to what would be best and selfless, right? Mm. And I think God just loved that and he blessed me. So you told me in a new way though. I did. Instead of telling him in a special way, I told him in front of Kelsey and Austin when he came home. A little pressure on me. (laughs) And he was like really excited. And I wasn't sure if he was excited because the kids were there, if it was really genuine. But then he just kept being excited. And I I realized God had changed his heart. Totally. And that is, it was a a miracle. It was. And um, I was super excited. You were super excited. He was so excited, you guys, that I gave birth to Megan. And before he cuts the umbilical cord, he's got the scissors. He's about to cut the umbilical cord. He helped deliver her. And he looks at me and goes, we're a good team at this. We can have more. And I'm thinking to myself, I only wanted one guys, more. What are you talking about? Don't say that. <laughs> timing is everything. That is bad timing. Don't ever Any, encourage more yes. kids the moment your wife gives birth. But if she says it, then it's okay. Because I actually have a friend that says it right after she has her baby. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. There's things she, she can, can say, say that you can't say. <laughs> it's true. Um, but then... After that, we had Megan, and then we had Drew, and we had four kids. We had two girls and two boys, and and then six weeks postpartum hit, and Drew became very colicky, and it was hard. I was exhausted between potty training and uh, 18-month-old and having a newborn and having a three-year-old you that I was shot. potty training. You were exhausted for good reason. I was up. In the night with kids that had night terrors and were wetting the bed and had colic. And then I had to be awake and on it to be a mom of four kids under six. And it was just... And didn't we move to a bigger house with property? We did. And, and we were remodeling a 4,200 square foot house. Ourselves. And we also, I was project managing but, we, but this is how <laughs> dumb I was. I mean, I, I actually, I shouldn't have said that. But we got a puppy. We got Moses when he was six weeks old. He was a great dog. We had him for a decade, you guys. But um, we got him while I was like seven months pregnant. We were remodeling the house and about to move in. And then we bought chicks. And we built a chicken coop. We were insane. And then a garden. And, and then, then a vineyard. I know. But that okay, but going. the vineyard came after right after Luke, our fifth was born. But but after Drew, I was done, you guys. It was just exhausting and I really needed my health back and I was worried about just not being able to be a good mom and be on and be so present. So you're like, doctor's appointment. That's you're right. getting a vasectomy. I was very, yes, I said, you're getting vasectomy. I gave birth to all these kids. <laughs> you're doing that. That's what I said. And then I'm like, oh, I want another kid. Yep. <laughs> True story. So the few times when we, when one of us was like done, done, the other one wasn't. And I praise God for that because we decided never after the first time we decided that we would never make like a permanent decision until we were both in alignment. Yeah. Um, just because we both had the we both before we got married, we both one of the things we were attracted to in one another was that we didn't want to live with regret and we wanted to live on purpose. Yeah. And so we didn't want to have regret in any aspect of our life, including our family. Yeah. So if one of us wasn't in alignment and wasn't done, we would wait till we were in alignment yeah. and pray. And that's just kind of what we felt God was calling us to do. And we always did. I mean, I shouldn't say always, but somewhere in this time, we really did fully see 
children as a blessing from God and as a oh, gift yes. from God, no for matter sure. how difficult it was for us. Well, but we still, did, yeah. but still, it was a matter of okay, how much can Angie handle? Because her health, and there was real health risks and challenges and things mm-hmm. to think about. So yeah, and my health continued to decline. Um, and then we, when we had after we had Luke, the um, well, during that pregnancy, that was my first bed rest. But I was willing to get the vasectomy, by the way. We made the appointment yep. and everything. Yeah. And then... And then God changed my heart. Yeah. Um, I I promised Isaac that I would pray about it. We had some very um, strong disagreements and heated conversations because um, he was willing to get a vasectomy, but he wanted me to pray about it and spend some time to think about it first. And I was like so determined that we were done that it, I was frustrated by that but the, I did honor that and I spent time in the word and in prayer and and during that time God changed my heart and helped me to see that another person's whole life and eternity and their legacy is worth a short period of time that's a sacrifice mm-hmm. and that at least that was what I felt um and and what I had experienced up to that point wasn't life-threatening it was puking yeah which is not fun but it wasn't life-threatening so we both Um, in our marriage have always tried to honor one another mm -hmm. and um i for sure was going to go through with the the second the point was set and everything yeah but once you told me it was okay to call it off then yep exactly it It was like three days before i think something like that Yeah, yeah sounds about right and um and then we had we got pregnant with luke and that pregnancy was i i remember crying like i have had a moment in ironically in the shower with each of my 10 pregnancies where I'm basically crying out to God saying, Lord, I'm giving you my body to be a vessel to bring forth life again. Would you please bless me and not let me be sick? And I just remember crying out to him every time and having faith and praying and asking people to pray. And with Luke, I was even more sick and um, so sick that I, I, threw my back out and was going to the chiropractor three times a week. And you, you had to work less to help more. And we had to have help from church and which even though that was super painful for you, it was super good for the future of our family because I did tend to work too much. Yeah. And this really, that's a nice way to put it. You were a workaholic. This really, (laughs) um, I did have large responsibility, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Um, I loved being home, so it wasn't like I was trying to escape home at all. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. Um, yeah. But I did have a growing, rapidly growing, large responsibility. and But this forced me to figure out how to work way less. And what was interesting is God gave me wisdom, just real quick on the business side. God gave me wisdom to figure out how to change how business was done to where I could work way less. And the business actually started doing more than what's More ever been growing. done yeah because it was interesting um, and he really blessed that it's true because i gave it completely up to him surrendered it to him that was 2008 when luke was born when the economy was crashing and we started growing like crazy mm-hmm. the business doubled over those yeah three years that's also what's interesting is that isaac because he's he and i both are visionaries but to be honest when you're pregnant and puking you're not much of a visionary other than i'm gonna have a baby in my arms one day this is worth it and you keep preaching that to yourself till you have the baby in your arms but isaac was at home more and so he was trying to be really purposeful with the kids and he got this like this inkling he got this itch to have another project so he decided let's plant a vineyard 
well, while I, I'm pregnant. Well, <laughs> non bed I remember rest. standing there and I'm like, oh, okay, I could do Christmas tree. I, was, I have this big and we field. talked about hay. I could do Christmas trees, hay, and then because then you can write off the property and this tax benefit. And then I'm like, I don't like hay. I don't like hay. I only like my one Christmas tree at Christmas. And you were like, I'm allergic to hay. I remember this conversation. <laughs> and I'm just, I remember <laughs> my arms crossed looking at the, the field. And I'm like, I've always dreamed of having a vineyard. <laughs> if not now, then Someday. when? Someday. No, then when? <laughs> if, if not now, then when? It's never going to happen. <laughs> and so I remember it. And then I started going, oh, the vineyard, Damascus Vineyard. And then I was just, it was game over. It was over. really game it was over. game on. Oh. That's right. And so we um, get, we have Luke. And while he was six weeks old, we planted 1,283 plants. And it was a whole lot of work, but we did it as a family. And afterwards, we took the kids out to eat. I remember sitting around the big table in the side room at the Hall of Garden. And, and all the kids were like so proud. You're like, epic. you can all have a special drink tonight. And they're like, oh, lemonade. And I, and I talked about how amazing and how hard they worked. Yeah. I mean, just think about how young our kids were. And we planted 1,200. We had to dig each hole. But we had to, the, what is we that, had to the break up thingy? the roots a little I know, bit. It was insane. We had to pack it just a right. A kid had a haul of hose, water, it water a bit. them, put the dirt in. We had an assembly line. Everybody had a job. Megan was so cute. Do you remember? She would go around and pick up the canisters that the, the plants yeah. were in, the one-year-old vines were in, and put them in the the canister pile and anyways you guys it was so much work but it was the best thing we ever did with our kids and but then that postpartum was rough for me and i struggled with symptoms of mastitis every week and for 40 weeks Mm -hmm. and i was diagnosed with hypothyroidism fibromyalgia osteoarthritis gout i had a whole lot of issues acidity issues, I was intolerant to dairy, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Seen a naturopath and had to work on my health. Yeah. Um, and we, so we were waiting to get pregnant and we waited, we had a little space between Luke and Ethan. Mm-hmm. A little bit more than our other kids because our other kids were 18 months apart. Yeah. Some of them, not Austin and Kelsey, but the rest were. And um, and so a little over two years later, we, got, we had Ethan. But during that pregnancy, that pregnancy was even worse Mm -hmm. and i wound up in the hospital because i threw my back out vomiting and was on in the hospital for three weeks and then on bed rest for three months and then had the great a great ending of the pregnancy i wasn't sick at all the last few months um had a great birth then i hemorrhaged and was on bed rest again for another six weeks Mm -hmm. and um and i i think i was we were both kind of done we were both with. done, and then that was also the beginning of transition. I was uh, feeling like God wanted me to go do something else. I don't feel like I went and did what God wanted me to do. No, um, but, but you were seeking like that was the year that you read fifty books. Oh and yeah, remember? this was before that. So I was like, I was preparing, and I remember a pastor friend was over, and he said, "What are you preparing for?" I go, "I don't know. I think that might ruin God's plans if I try and figure it out." And yeah, I was so just, was I just, just I was just preparing. Mode. I was reading yeah. thirty purposeful books, the Bible being one of those, uh, over the year, and journaling them, not just kind of reading them, but journaling, yeah, journaling them, with the intent them. Yeah. of implementing them in my life. And, and then you went to Western Seminary. Western yeah. Seminary. This is why I was still. I mean, business was going great. It was the best yeah. business that ever been going, actually. And then uh, you got CBI certified and yeah, became so, a coach. So, so Western Seminary to learn coaching, and then I incorporated assessments and created, you know 
Choose Growth Coaching was yeah, what it was called. Which did so well, by the way. Um, I And we didn't even need that money. No. So, in fact, I went and got CVI certified yeah, too. And we were doing marriage seminars together. We were doing marriage seminars. And we were, there was, there, it made so much money so fast that we... We went and bought that RV, actually. <laughs> or at least the down payment, the $16,000 down payment on it. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, and, um, this was like 11 years ago. Yeah. yeah so anyways, um, God kind of enabled that to happen because there's a lot of us and it's the only way we could travel and do vacations. And I didn't want to be that kind of family that never did anything. Yeah, but there were eight of us. So I don't. I didn't want our family, our kids to ever resent that there were so many kids mm-hmm. because we couldn't do things. And the RV was a way to be free. Yeah, and to be able to actually experience life together. So it's interesting because people could make assumptions while we're on our RV trip right now and think, oh, they have a lot of money. And so it's kind of good for you to guys to know how we got the RV 11 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> was that God blessed a different side venture while Isaac was we basically were running out. two businesses. Trying to and figure out what to do. during that time was also when I wrote Redeemed Childbirth which was all ministry stuff. And so yeah. we had a lot of fruit. We were doing a lot of different things. Redeeming Childbirth was like another baby for me. Yeah. And it really did take over a couple of years for and that sure. Was a, uh, it became a bestseller in, in the first couple of weeks. And, uh, on Amazon, it's always, yeah. It's continued. It's continues to sell on a weekly basis. Yep. And so, you know, it's interesting though, is a lot of times people, um, well, they'll try to find a solution for their pain. And, I had a lot of pain through my pregnancies and postpartums. And so that part of that and all that I've learned over the last 20 years of experiencing that, right? 10 pregnancies, two losses, all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Redeeming Childbirth and the Christian Postpartum Course, and it's served a lot of women. But a lot of times people could look at that and be like, oh, wow, how she have all this time to do these things? But the reality is, guys, 20, 21 years of knowledge and experience yeah. and and going to doctors and naturopaths and midwives totally. and all the things like it's it's all of that combined into something and so it wasn't like this easy thing to just create yeah it's like time. if you've ever, ever had a dream of having an online business or an information product or something like that just remember that the best things happen out of lots of experience i kind of i was gonna there was a book i was gonna write don't talk about the name of it but I, there was a book mm-hmm. i was gonna write a long time ago and i'm actually really thankful i didn't because i was mm. so immature then and I, and i lacked an understanding of what the bible actually said compared to today that i probably today mm. would not be excited about that book being out there but today i would be excited about any book that's out there because of just experiences progress and biblical knowledge yeah. that we have today so don't rush those mm-hmm. things on a side note let your journey speak volumes to where the the product you make at the end is mm-hmm. such a natural expression of the life you've lived. Yeah, that's right. So we had um, we wrote I wrote Redeeming Childbirth and started touring, and we took the yeah. RV, and that was part of how we were able to do that was yeah. the, the tours and stuff. Um, and we planted a vineyard and a garden, and we had chickens, and we had this hobby farm. We yeah. had this this farm, and um, and we were homeschooling, and that was primarily our lot my life right i was speaking at churches as well for mom's groups and stuff stuff like that and then isaac felt like god was calling him away from the business that he had built for how long 
18 years i was in different aspects 17 years yeah yeah Uh, in the in the the what i was building at the end i was doing it i think for 11 years and it reached you know hit the lid of what's what can be kind of done within that model and and Mm -hmm. um and so i felt like okay i need a new challenge a new adventure and there were some other reasons um uh, again you know that were outside of me that caused Mm -hmm. me to change too so um and then but i was a little bit a little bit blinded and didn't go into the next best thing i think because um i had a bitter root in me and was trying pride. to go prove something and some pride and God really needed to, mm-hmm. to crush that pride out of me, um, which I'm so thankful for. It was so painful because we built a business and, uh, which involved a bunch of employees and, you know, big office space and expenses and things. And the model wasn't quite right. And some other things and it, long story short, it went out of business. And a lot of debt followed us. And that was a humbling experience. Mm-hmm. But what was beautiful about that just shortly right before the business closed and all that happened you gave birth to solomon that's right and there's five year gap between solomon and ethan i believe actually it's almost six years almost six years Almost six years and what's incredible about that is we weren't doing anything to not have kids right actually so yeah so So i during that time i i really felt like god had closed my womb i wasn't in a place health-wise where like at least right after ethan um where it would have been good just Mm -hmm. with my back and all the things and um actually getting pregnant with ethan um put my hypothyroidism in remission Mm -hmm. interestingly enough during that pregnancy um and but there were still other things that i needed to be able to focus on that would have been hard to treat being pregnant. Yeah. And, um, and so f- I had five years to get healthier and it was, uh, my body needed that. Yeah. I needed the sleep. Yeah. I needed all of it. And then praise God. And we were able to be productive. We, that was not only did we write, I write redeeming childbirth, but also the biblical friendship online Bible study, which is a huge 12 week yeah, online, <clears throat> online Bible study. So, that was another huge project that I'm very proud of, that yeah. I'm very thankful for to have the time to be involved with that. That was a great partnership with the Lord. And anyway, so um, then business went under. Yep. We had Solomon and God provided all kinds of awesome gifts for us during that time, even though it was the hardest time that we and ever that, walked through. All those things we could do another podcast <clears throat> on, but basically uh, exhausted all of our resources, lost everything financially, mm-hmm. and our um, our marriage just grew stronger. Mm-hmm. Our, our family relationship unit, with God. Our relationship with God. Everything mm-hmm. that mattered grew just even stronger. And that's why when you nourish the right things, uh, when things are good, when things get challenging, those right things just become sweeter and better. That's right. And so, and they're more so primed for the actual, yeah, um, challenge that's at hand. And I really understood what real pride looks like and what real humility feels like. And yeah. it was, um, it was a great experience. I remember feeling, I didn't know how we were going to buy groceries, but I remember feeling so free. Mm-hmm. And so joyful. And I also remember us both having a complete peace and a desire for more kids too, yeah. which is pretty crazy considering where we were at financially, right? Yeah. But we just had this alignment and this peace and we got pregnant with Selah and we lost that 
pregnancy in the second trimester. That was really hard. Well, because you basically died or almost died. You lost over half your blood. Yeah. You had to get a blood transfusion. Very, 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 yeah. very difficult. And um, those are kind of our Job years. And of course, it's not as bad as Job. But, right, not even close. But but, but they were our for hardest. Us, they were the hardest we had walked the, through. The hardest years, and we, our family just grew so strong, and we, God taught us so many good things, and. Um, so what did you used to say? You used to say, "We've won a lot, and we've lost a lot, and we've learned a lot." And I, I always loved that mm-hmm. phrase because it's true. And our older kids got to see all three of those. Yeah. And we talk more about how to parent through life struggles in one of our um, podcasts in season one, which I really encourage you to if this if this podcast is resonating with you as we're sharing part of our story. But I also just want to encourage you guys that um, just because we were of the perspective of looking forward to having more kids, mm-hmm. even in the hard times and things like that. And you're like, whoa, how does that even work, right? I don't want you to compare your situation to our situation or to where we were yeah. at that time. And I, I'm just saying that right now because I know that a lot of people could potentially struggle with that. Remember what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast Amen. and how the comparison trap is an evil place to be ensnared. And that just know like that... We believe, and it doesn't even matter what we believe, but what we believe is that God has a different design for every family and that it's an adventure. It is an adventure. It's an adventure. It's such if you a allow fun it to adventure. Be. I mean, you, you have to be willing to be out of your comfort zone, not just yep. about kids, just yep. all kinds of things. I mean, there's a lot of things we left out about the time I invested in racehorses without really talking to Angie and that was a bad lost a lot decision. of money to. Yeah. You know, there's lots of stories I could tell you. The time we bought a condo and flipped it, and it was a big win. Yeah. To you know, the time that you know the other trip. Now you're telling them all. Yeah. So we won't tell them all. But but But, there's but it's life's an adventure when you're when you're when you're willing to um, Mm -hmm. break out of your comfort zone. And I I would say that the last five years were definitely a God helping us break out of the comfort zone that we had created for the first 14 years of our marriage. And then, um, you know, after the loss of Selah, we were gifted a rainbow baby. We had Eli and he, both, both Solomon and Eli came at such a time when, you know how kids just have that joy Mm -hmm. and they're just, they don't even have to try and they just bring a smile to your face. We needed that so badly and God knew that. Yeah. And he and he gifted us those little boys. Yeah. And um, absolutely, you know that we They're also such a joy in our family. They are, and we also lost another baby just recently, a few months ago. Actually, we lost Mercy. Um, but our hope is in Him, and we don't know what our future holds. And yeah. um, we are praying constantly. We're in alignment in our. Um, and there was even some recent terrible persecution on the ministry and god's totally blessing this ministry it's his ministry yeah we're just being obedient and just total falsities crazy attack on us and you know what i think we're i I, what i realized the other day is Hmm. we're in a different season now the world is changing a little bit is that christians are increasingly being persecuted and, uh, and, and Americans so, are just not used to it yet. And so I yeah. just go, wow, I wasn't really ready for that. And so now yeah. I am embracing it. I'm like, this is a new normal. 
He's better at embracing it than I am. Okay. Just being honest. But, but we're going to proclaim the truth. And- we are. We are still going to stand firm on the truth. And so as we're closing up, we just wanted to encourage you guys with three truths yeah. that have helped us to find God's path for our family Yeah. that might be an encouragement for you guys. And it's all under the title of not compartmentalizing Jesus. Yes. Right? So don't compartmentalize Super Jesus. Quick here. The first one is following Jesus versus following the crowd will result in God's unique plan for you. So what is the crowd? That could be Christians around you. It could be um, people at work. It could be all the way peer pressure works. Or the culture. Culture it, works there's against literally the, so many places. The very best yes. version of God's plan for you and your family. Right. And so be really open to some things that might feel a little crazy, sound a little crazy as you're thinking about them. I would say the best advice regarding this is don't listen to anyone's opinion. Just go to the word of God and be in alignment with your husband. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to be praying and being in the word together. Right. Yeah. And so, but following Jesus versus following others, following the crowd. Yeah. What's the second one? Is regret. You don't want to have regret. And a lot of times uh, later in life, you look back and you go, oh, I had these ideas, these dreams, mm-hmm. these passions. And you know, if you had them and you still remember them later, that means God probably put them in you. And that means you didn't do something God put inside you, put to inside do, you to do potentially. Yeah. And so what is you, what are your, if not now, then wins? That's a good question. And I would say, you know, a lot of times people also choose to stay in the box of peer pressure or their comfort zone. Yeah. And so you have to consider what are you going to regret by staying in your comfort zone? What are you going to regret by allowing peer pressure or conformity or pressure to conform the crowd to squelch or squish your passions and your dreams? Right. One thing we always knew is like, we want to make sure we make decisions. Don't, don't lead to regrets down the road. Yeah. So that's that's important on the things that really matter. Yeah. Like I can lose a business and things like that, but the things that really matter. Right. Like, for example, writing a book. Like for yeah. me, that was a matter of like I knew God was calling me to write. Amen. And so like those things, like I had to go to Isaac. Here I am, stay-at-home wife, right? Mm-hmm. Stay-at-home mom in a very busy season of my life. And we were on a date night visioneering, doing what we love best and dreaming and sharing our dreams with each other. And I just shared, you know, I feel like God is telling me I should write a book i'd start isaac had encouraged me to blog years Mm. before and i shared my dream with him and he being the 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 husband that he is made space for me to be able to do that supported me in being able to do that and i became a better mom a better woman a better wife i think we even pre-bought seven thousand dollars worth of books we sold them all, babe. We did. We sold them all, every <laughs> single one. So, um, well, we gave some away. I guess that's true, too. Yeah. But um, the third thing is to seek him in every decision and area of life. Yeah. Seek him. Mm-hmm. To seek him. So follow Jesus, not the crowd. Don't have regrets. And seek him. Those are the three main key points under not compartmentalizing Jesus. So, again, God has a unique plan. For your mm-hmm. family. It's not our plan. We each have our own plan. That's right. So, but let this, hopefully this was encouraging, mm-hmm. inspiring, and gets you talking with your spouse about what God has 
for you guys. And on the side, maybe we debunk some of your assumptions. <laughs> See you next time. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.